it's weird. There's just me this week. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Okay. There may or may not be a cold open, y'all. This might be your cold open, because a lot of my humor comes from playing off other people. So I don't know how much funny shit there is to throw in here, but whatever. Impact 21, Empty Space's seventh biennial International Theatre Festival has arrived. From September 28th to October 9th, you will see shows from Chile, Australia, Tunisia, India, and so much more. 40 powerful performances, both in person and online, that will keep you captivated and offer a world-class experience of international theater. You also won't want to miss Empty Space's brand new production, Black Flags, kicking off the festival in the first week with a cast of women telling their stories of trauma, grief, and healing in a harsh and unforgiving world. Adapted fully for COVID-19, we have tented in-person shows, outdoor movie screenings, and online streaming of nearly all shows to meet your comfort and needs. We can't wait to see you all in Kitchener-Waterloo to celebrate the reemergence of theater after a global pandemic. Theater is here. Welcome to episode 33 of Sibling Rants. It's your big brother, Andrew. And that's it. Uh, <laughs> Bronwyn, as we alluded uh, last week or the week before, probably both times, is super, super busy with her festival impact, which, by the way, if you're having a listen, you probably heard the advertisement that we played in our podcast last week and also at the beginning of the episode this week. So you can be sure to check out her company's festival. Uh, they have online components for you to enjoy from the safety of your own home or if you happen to live in the KW region. Be sure to check out Impact. Look up Impact Festival, and you can see all the fun shows to check out and see what there is. So, as I sit here in my home of Kitchener, Ontario, I'm reminded that these lands are the unceded territories and traditional homes of the Haudenosaunee, Anishinaabe, and Neutral Peoples, and that Waterloo region is located within Treaties 3, 4, and the Haldeman Treaty. I'm grateful for the historic connection that indigenous peoples have to this land and the roles that they've played in shaping our communities today. I'm also grateful to be able to continue to create on these lands and will work with indigenous voices in mind uh, as I honestly strive towards truth and reconciliation within our communities. And that actually ties on the whole reason we decided to throw a podcast up this week because the day that this podcast is released, which isn't necessarily the day that all of you will listen to it, however, uh, it is going to be the first ever National Day of Truth and Reconciliation here in Canada, which we thought was an important point to bring up. So Brahman and I kind of discussed and said, hey, rather than, you know, leaving a couple weeks where people aren't going to have an episode and just kind of catching up. Maybe I could just roll with it solo. Maybe I could reach out to guests. And, of course, by the time we had this discussion, it was a little too late for me to really reach out to anyone, especially because people that I have in mind that I still want to bring in as guests are people that I also want Bronwyn to be able to talk to. So it's me. It's Motormouth me all by myself. <laughs> uh, but I did decide that, you know, again, we thought it was really important to discuss the upcoming National Day of Truth and Reconciliation and that... 
we wanted to give you guys the opportunity to to hear some facts, the ways that you can be involved, have some discussions about things, uh, particularly while it is relevant and coming into it. So specifically coming from Canada.ca, it says National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. September 30th marks the first ever National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Day honors lost children and survivors of residential schools, their families and communities. Public commemoration of the tragic and painful history and ongoing impacts of residential schools is a vital component of the reconciliation process. The creation of this federal statutory holiday was through legislative amendments made by Parliament on June 3rd, 2021. Bill C-5, an act to amend the Bills of Exchange Act, the Interpretation Act, and the Canada Labor Code, National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, received royal assent. So, there's kind of a bunch of smaller things happening. First off, Ontario, I'm, I'm disappointed to say, is not going to mark it as a statutory holiday. So it's a federal stat holiday only, which means, uh, for those of you who are familiar with the term, it's a banker's holiday. So it's not that a bunch of businesses will be closed down, but most any federal building is not going to be operating tomorrow. And I mean, it's, it's a hard call. You know, I've, I've had some thoughts on it and questioned... Um, the NDP is calling out Ontario and saying that it's shameful for not doing it uh, as a provincial stat holiday. And it's hard to know what's exactly the right call as we start to examine this. Does it need to be a noted day? Absolutely. But I think there needs to be some really hard honest discussions led by indigenous peoples as to what this day should exactly look like and what it should or what should be done in terms of actual commemorative actions because let's be real as far as white people go we don't need another fucking stat holiday just for the sake of having a stat holiday it's hard to say that anyone given the day would actually go about educating themselves during that day. You know, we give you a day off and what are you, you going to do with it? Really? So it's, again, it's a tough call. Personally, I feel that doing it as a federal stat holiday is not the worst thing in the world. Um, it kind of falls in line with the... The idea of Remembrance Day and it needing to be its own stat holiday because uh, honoring our dead is something that we, a lot of people are particularly vocal on. And it's something that even across the country, we still, we do our minute of silence at 11 o'clock. I know my work respects and honors that. I know school systems do it. And obviously around the country at various cenotaphs, there are parades and solemn ceremonies so i feel like maybe something similar for the day of truth and reconciliation is something that we need to look at having is indigenous-led ceremonies in every city where we have a parade we we follow whatever would be the most traditionally acceptable form of a march to a respective site to pay our respects and to hear from our local indigenous communities 
and honestly have these conversations. But again, that's it's something that needs to be had like this. It's not for white people to decide how if we're going to give this day, it needs to be indigenous peoples and communities that make this what it needs to be or or how like y'all get what i'm after it needs to be indigenous peoples making these calls not us so i mean there's a lot of flack coming in from the other parties like provincial green party leader mike schrainer released a statement urging the Ford government to respect the voices of indigenous leaders and elders who are calling for a national day of truth and reconciliation to be recognized as a provincial stat holiday in ontario so if if there are local indigenous leaders who are saying this should be a stat holiday then yes we should be honoring that we should be at talking with them and it should be more publicly known too. I think that's the bigger issue is maybe these talks are had, but I feel like I haven't seen it in the news much. It hasn't been shown around. The biggest thing that we've seen is orange shirt day, which uh, I feel is very targeted towards schools and children. And there's been a lot of information running around on Facebook saying, be mindful of where you get your orange shirt from. And it falls into the same category of basically knowing any time that you are supporting a charity organization, knowing the full extent of what that charity organization actually supports. Know where your funds are going. So if you are going to get an orange t-shirt that claims to give funds to indigenous communities, do a little bit of back search and find out where. And there's nothing to say that you have to get an orange shirt from them. If you've got an orange shirt in your closet, by all means, pull that out and wear it that day. Because the symbolic reference to it is really what you're after. Uh, But also, if you do have the option to be able to purchase one, and there is a legitimate place for you to get it from that is donating the funds to Indigenous support groups, then by all means, definitely encourage that. Also important to note at this point, based on the information that I found online... As of September 16th, 2021, 1,802 grave sites have been found across one, two, three, four, eight, eight residential schools. Now, not all of those grave sites are necessarily marked as children. One would likely assume the vast majority of them are. The locations for those Eight places are Battleford, Saskatchewan, Fort Providence, Northwest Territories, Muskokweekin, First Nation, Saskatchewan, Kamloops, BC, Brandon, Manitoba, Maryville, Saskatchewan, Cranbrook, slash, and I'm so sorry, I don't know how to pronounce this name right, but Katanaxa, First Nation, BC, Cooper Island, slash, Penelacut Island, BC. I am so terribly sorry if I have bastardized any of those names. Uh, the unfortunate downside to the improper education being in place with regards to indigenous communities is that we have not ever really been taught much about their languages or how to pronounce things. And There's a lot of that information coming out, which is great. Like, I have a good number of Indigenous peoples on my TikTok that 
some of them ha- are now taking to using social medias to educate people on the basics of their language. Um, I actually learned something very interesting about Miigwech, which is an indigenous way, a, a lo- locally indigenous, and I believe if I'm, I'm don't have that information up specifically because I didn't realize I was going to go on this tangent, uh, but <laughs> I believe it is Anishinaabek, and it is their way of saying thank you. And someone took the time to explain that within that specific language uh, and within indigenous languages in general, that there isn't actually a way to say you're welcome. Because when you say miigwech, you're not thanking the individual per se, more that you are thanking the creator for speaking and acting through this person for what they have done. Now, I'm paraphrasing based off of what I've remembered, so I highly encourage you to look at the full definition of this uh, before I go and put my foot too far in my mouth uh, or say things that do or don't hold relevance to that. Uh, But essentially, that was the rough idea of what was given in saying that. And I think that's uh, really wonderful because you, at that point, you don't have to say you're welcome because it's not thanking an individual person. There's a a more, a, a bigger purpose in saying thank you. So that was pretty, pretty interesting to learn. And there's a lot more like that on TikTok. It's, it's really nice to see indigenous communities taking it to modern day platforms and putting out the effort to educate us. I I think it's great to try and make the space for that emotional labor. Uh, and I definitely don't think it's anything they have to do. Uh, and so I definitely am really pleased to see it and want to support it. So I'm also going to look up here, actually speaking of indigenous TikToks. I do have one here that I saw the other day. Okay, so this this TikToker, they did a song of healing is essentially what it's classified as. It's a prayer of sorts, and they say that all women should sing this. It can be sung by anybody, but specifically it's geared towards women singing this because if I'm not mistaken, women were oftentimes the healers. So I will play this for you guys now. You can have a listen. This comes from Welcome to My Life, but life is spelt L-J-F-E on TikTok.
So I, when I first came across that video, probably listened to it through a good 15 or 16 times. Uh, And the reason I ran it twice is they listed play two times to complete the prayer. And it just has this very deep reaching uh, effect to it. I, I don't really know how to describe it. It was just very mesmerizing to watch and listen to. And just, I felt very peaceful in hearing it. So it's things like that that I really, really appreciate seeing indigenous creators taking to social media platforms and sharing and doing it in a way that is designed to be educational for us, that no one is necessarily out here asking for, and yet there does seem to be an overwhelming amount of support for. And it's just... It's good to have their voices heard. So we've mentioned it before, and I'll mention it here again. Uh, Take the time and effort to go into your socials. And when you come across indigenous creators, be it on TikTok, be it on Instagram or Twitter, uh, and you seek these people out, Give them a follow, give them a listen, and uh, you might be pleasantly surprised with what some of them are willing to share with you. And it's, I think it's really enriching, honestly. So other options for you, if you are wanting to be involved with the Day of Truth and Reconciliation on September 30th. Oh, I actually, first off, I do have a little bit more information on Orange Shirt Day. So Orange Shirt Day is, in fact, an Indigenous-led grassroots commemorative day that honors the children who survived the Indian residential schools and remembers those who did not. This day relates the experience of Phyllis Webstead, a northern Shiswap from, oh my goodness, I cannot read this. I'm going to bastardize it, so... From a northern, from a First Nation, and on her first day of school, where she arrived dressed in a new orange shirt, which was taken from her. It is now a symbol of the stripping away of culture, freedom, and self-esteem experienced by Indigenous children over generations. On September 30th, we encourage all Canadians to wear orange to raise awareness of the very tragic legacy of the residential schools and honor the thousands of survivors. When I say, okay, I feel awful... And I don't want to bastardize it. So I'm going to spell the name of the First Nation that Phyllis Webstad was from. And it... it, I... No, I can't even attempt this. Okay. It is spelled S-T-S-W-E-C-E-M apostrophe C. Capital X-G-A-T apostrophe T-E-M. It... That... Guys, I want to, but I'm not even, I feel like it's so disrespectful to even try and say that and just not, I feel like I won't even come close. So in any case, uh, there is actually some legitimate history to Orange Shirt Day, which I had not realized. I feel like that was something that started in schools after I was in school. And it's probably because when I was in school, it was still really close to the closure of the last residential school in 1996. So it wasn't really taught as history. It wasn't really talked about because it was still current, which is 
mind-blowing to sit here and think about. So for the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, or the TRC and its calls to action, it says, and again, this is all coming from Canada.ca, it says there were 140 federally run Indian residential schools which operated in Canada between 1831 and 1998. Sorry, so I, 96, 98. 1998 was when the last one closed. It's only 23 years ago. I'm 32. So that was very much in my lifetime. And that, oof, that's uncomfortable. And that's, you know what? That uncomfort is something that we need to sit with. And I think it will help drive real change. So survivors advocated for recognition and reparations and demanded accountability for the lasting legacy of harms caused. These efforts culminated in the Indian Residential School Settlement Agreement, apologies by the government, and the establishment of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, and the creation of the National Center for Truth and Reconciliation. The TRC ran from 2008 to 2015 and provided those directly or indirectly affected by the legacy of the Indian Residential School's policy with an opportunity to share their stories and experiences. The National Center for Truth and Reconciliation has become the permanent archive for statements, documents, and other materials the Commission gathered, and its library and collections are the foundation for ongoing learning and research. The Commission released its final report detailing 94 calls to action. The National Day for Truth and Reconciliation is a direct response to Call to Action 80, which called for a federal statutory uh, day of commemoration. So to learn more... You can explore the rich and diverse cultures, voices, and experiences and stories of First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. Whether you want to read, listen, watch, or try, you can start your learning journey today. And they link a few different websites. So the first of which is the Assembly of First Nations website, which is afn.ca. And currently it's mostly a news page. There definitely seems to be a lot of related stories to that. But... It's got breakdowns about the National Chief, about the AFN, policy sectors, news and media. So all of those are there. You can also head over to the uh, National Representational Organization for Inuit in Canada, which is itk.ca. And it's itk for, and again, I'm so sorry for my pronunciation of this, but Inuit, Tapirit, Kanatami, which I'm assuming, based on the title here, is the Inuit's way of saying the representational organization protecting and advancing the rights and interests of Inuit in Canada. It's what they have chosen to. If anyone is more familiar with the Inuit language and can explain, that'd be great. However, on this website, it does list who they are, what they do about Inuit, work for the ITK various news, and contact information. It also links you to the Métis Nation website, which is www.metisnation.ca. And same thing, more information about the organization, related uh, news articles and such. So there's all of those. And if you really want to deep dive as well, too, into the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and... All of the things that they've done, you can head to nctr.ca, NCTR standing for National Center for Truth and Reconciliation. And it gives links to records, memorials, news and events, exhibits, education, research. So there's a lot there. They've got teaching resources. If you're a teacher, they've got educational programs. One of them 
uh, I see here that first caught my eye says decolonizing lens. So there's a lot of resource tools available. And I pulled all of this up, honestly, from a very, very quick Google search because I wanted to make sure that I headed into this episode, not strictly giving an opinion piece, but also giving information because it's really, really important that the right information is being heard, the right information is being passed around, and that we know where to find these things. It's a travesty that, again, it happened within my lifetime, within likely your lifetime. I highly doubt I could be wrong. I don't know that we have many listeners that are young enough that 1996 wasn't within your lifetime. We might, and if we do... um, Welcome. Thanks for joining this old millennial here <laughs> as we unpack a lot of things. But it's uh, it's definitely very bizarre to sit and think how much of this happened within my own life. And yet I was completely unaware of it because our history systems, our, our educational systems are so broken and whitewashed that we aren't taught any of these things. We aren't taught anything about these beautiful rich cultures you know i learned a little bit of it a very little bit of it when i was in cub scouts when i was very young i eventually drifted over and became part of the royal canadian cadet cadre and that's something entirely different in which you never ever deal with indigenous topics but i do remember in in cubs learning a little bit about indigenous history to a, a very very small degree and also growing up catholic and being a part of the church there we did frequently head up to the martyr shrine for a weekend away and directly across from the martyr shrine in midland ontario was a, another preserved little village area that is ref- called St. Marie among the Hurons. And I realize it was to look at it now, it was the it was a Catholic person coming in to help indigenous peoples. I honestly, it's been so long, I don't really remember what her story was, but I feel like I was talking about this with somebody. And uh St. Marie among the Huron was actually one of the better stories to come out of it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Hit me up in the comment section and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> but if that's the case, great. Otherwise, I'm not a fan of really hearing about the Catholic and Church's involvement with Indigenous peoples because this entire residential school system, fiascos, uh, ongoing fiascos coming to light, has really shown just how gross the Catholic Church can be. It's just the entire idea of bringing Christianity, Catholicism, wherever, to to places that we don't live, and then kind of forcing this indoctrination on people is really fucking awful. It's a really shitty thing to do, and it's it never really sat well with me, and as I've been getting older, like, knowing these kids are going on mission trips to wherever, and it's like, if you're functionally helping do things like build schools or whatever, fine, but leave your religion out of it. There's not a damn thing that these people need religion for. It's a very selfish, 
self-serving purpose. Like, it's, I don't know. It's shit. I'm not a fan of it. How about that? That's, that is a concrete thought there. So, in any case, there's a good bit of information to sit through and unpack. And again, it's conversations that need to happen with Indigenous bodies. It needs to be Indigenous-led conversations, much like any work that we're doing to work on racism with Black people or with Asian people or any other racialized voices, we need to have the conversations with those people in terms of how doing better needs to look, how reparations need to look, how we can move forward as white people in respecting their cultures, in respecting them as individuals, and and respecting their unique histories, uh, especially when we start getting into discussions of intersectionality, so not only looking at their race, but looking at how uh, black, indigenous, or um, other persons of color who are women are treated, and how that ends up looking. And like we've discussed intersectionality before, and it's really, really important because this is where we start to examine nuance and how all of these things work together and paint lives for different people. And it's in it's in stark contrast to anything that we will have actually gone through ourselves going up, particularly those of us who are white, who are cisgendered. You know, there might be some bleed over where you can relate in terms of being uh, a woman per se and how that intersects so you might be able to relate a little bit Um, but always remember too that even if you can relate some that it doesn't put you in the same category as those people so it's it's really really tricky and you just need to be really respectful and mindful that other experiences particularly with racialized bodies and other minorities will Never 100% intersect with your own, particularly if you are white, cisgendered. And that's it. And I feel like that's probably all about I'm going to go on about this week. I can't speak. (laughs) Words are hard. Uh, It's definitely going to be a shorter podcast this time around because I do well in having conversations. And I think it's also, it's really weird to just sit been sitting here and having this entire conversation by myself. I enjoy the back and forth with Bronwyn. (laughs) So hopefully she'll be able to rejoin me soon. Uh, Maybe we'll have more things to discuss next week. Maybe I'll be able to bring in a guest who could help have discussions with me so that I'm not just awkwardly talking into the microphone. But I hope this has given you guys some insight i hope this has given you some links and resources and ideas as to what you can do in order to be productive in celebrating or honoring the day of truth and reconciliation yeah i don't want to say celebrating because celebrating is makes it sound like a joyous occasion that's very much not it's a very somber thing so in respecting and acknowledging and um participating in the day of reconciliation 
truth and reconciliation. I hope this has given you some ways to go about looking into that and seeing what can be done to help. So I don't have any new reviews to read this week, which is a fine time then. Sorry, I was just checking it out on my phone. (laughs) But it's a fine time to plug our socials, which you can always find us on Instagram. Holy fuck. (laughs) I can't speak. You can find us on Instagram at Sibling Rants and on Facebook. And our Twitter is at Sibling Rants Pod. You can also email us anytime you have topic ideas, things you want to discuss, things that you've heard us discuss. Uh, slide into our DMs, hit us up privately, or fire us an email at siblingrants at gmail.com. If you are new to our extended family, which is, by the way, what we refer to our listenership as, welcome. Please head on over to Facebook or Apple Podcasts if you are a filthy iPhone user. I'm only slightly judging you. But you can head on over there and you can leave us a review. We would prefer five stars. It doesn't have to be, but we prefer it. And if you can leave us a little blurb, we'll totally read it out on the podcast. And we really, really appreciate it. Podcasts, as our friends over at Chill Spot say, live and die by word of mouth. So tell your friends, share it around, get that information out there, leave us magical reviews. We super, super appreciate it. I hope y'all have had a great week and that you don't mind the little bit shorter episode and that you're just hearing my voice for now. And Bronwyn will be able to back, will be able to back. Wow. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. (laughs) Bronwyn will hopefully be able to be back and joining me soon. And we will get back to our usual shenanigans. We've had a couple discussions of ideas and like, I've got topics of conversation, but I'm like, I need her here to do it. But for the very least, this week and next, you're going to get just me, and I'm going to entertain you for a half hour-ish, give or take. Because any longer than that, and I'm going to start saying uh and um a lot, possibly more than I already have in this podcast. So stick around, stay tuned, we'll have lots of fun and fuckery in the future, shoot us all of the messages to the indigenous communities i'm sorry for you to have to relive through the trauma actually i guess maybe that's my final point too a lot of this again while addressing that the fact that it has existed in a lot of our lifetimes it has brought up a lot of old trauma for indigenous communities it's brought a lot of old emotions back to the surface depending on how closely related that person or their family were tied into the residential school system. If it was one of the more recent ones that closed down. So be mindful of that. When you are having these discussions, be mindful of how you approach it and be respectful. There's a lot of beautiful, rich history that obviously some people are willing to share. And if you go about it the right way, then they'll probably happily share it with you. But to those of us, uh, or sorry, those of you who may be listening, who might be indigenous, I am sorry for all of the trauma that this has brought up again. And to play back to our land acknowledgement at the beginning, I truly am grateful for the lands on which I live. 
I really am grateful to be able to do the things that I've done and be where I am and celebrate and perform and do all the things that I do within a space that was cultivated and created ultimately by indigenous peoples. So thank you. You have my deepest condolences for everything that has happened up until this point. And I truly hope that we can honestly find legitimate reconciliation and that we can make reparations going forward. To the rest of y'all fuck faces, we love you. I love you guys. Uh, stay tuned next week, and we'll see what the hell I end up talking about for another half hour. Love yous. Bye. Bye.